رحمة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Today we begin with the second session of our course Invest in your marriage. It is entitled Building the Connection. الحمد لله respected brother and sister in Islam. The reality of marital life. Is that there is a positive side to it and there is a negative side to it. Uh, we call this uh, marital cycling. There are times in the marriage where we feel very positive uh, about the marriage. And uh, we feel that we are in the right marriage. We feel that the marriage should continue. And then there are times where somehow the perception of the bad uh, outweighs uh, the good. Uh, so... If we want to improve our marriages, if we want to invest in our marriages, then somehow we must we must enhance the perception of good, and we must mitigate the perception of bad. We must somehow increase the good that is in the marriage, and somehow decrease the bad that is in the marriage. Now here there is a simple law. The law is accentuate the positive, mitigate the negative, but do not entirely eliminate it. What is meant by this? What is meant by this is that uh, there has to be disagreements in the marriage. There has to be areas uh, where based upon differences of gender, uh, rearing, uh, intellect, uh, aptitude, etc. Uh, that we disagree, likes and dislikes also, that we disagree. And uh, the fact that we disagree uh, in itself uh, is not a reason to consider the marriage bad. It is not. A, it's, a, it's not a reason for positivity. It is rather the question of how we handle the disagreements. If we handle the disagreements in such a manner that we maintain the connection that is existent in the marriage, then that will be considered good, inshallah. But if we handle it in such a manner that that connection is broken, that we start moving away from one another, then it is problematic. So the question with regards to disagreements and arguments uh, is how we disagree. And of particular uh, interest uh, to a marital counselor is how does the argument end? At the end of the argument, do you feel that we have moved closer to one another or do you feel that we have become distant? Do you feel that the the issue has been resolved uh, or do you feel somehow that the issue uh, remains uh, unresolved? Do you feel lighter of person or do you feel heavier, uh, loaded down by the negativity uh, that has resulted uh, from the disagreement? Here we should remember that in the minds of husbands and wives, in their minds, is this marriage to be considered a good marriage? Is it to be considered a bad marriage? This happens when in your overall appraisal of the marriage, the positivity outweighs the negativity. Deep down we all know there has to be some negativity. There has to some be some disagreements, etc. But inshallah, as long as the positivity far outweighs the negativity, then we will look upon the marriage as a good marriage, as a, as a marriage that is worthy of continuing, inshallah. One of the ways to explain this concept is to look upon marriage as a bank account, where we make constant deposits, and also occasional withdrawals. What are the deposits? 
The deposits are when you do certain acts that are interpreted as loving. And the withdrawals will be when you, when you engage in acts that are seen as the opposite of loving. So deposits are those positive interactions, while withdrawals uh, are those negative interactions. And here, the simple law is that the positivity must outweigh the negativity by a ratio of 5 to 1. There must be 5 to 1 deposits as opposed to every uh, withdrawal. If this happens, then the overall impression of the marriage is that I'm in a good marriage, alhamdulillah. I'm enjoying more than what I'm suffering. In fact, the enjoyment, enjoyment so far outweighs the suffering that frequently I cannot even remember uh, its occasional uh, occurrence. Uh, and Allah knows best. If the marriage, uh, however, the positivity becomes less, it starts to become equal to the negativity, it starts to become even l- uh, lesser in the negative aspects of the marriage, the withdrawals, now people start to suffer marital distress. And the marriage starts to move into potential uh, breakup. Here, just to further enhance our understanding of this concept, we need to define what marriage is uh, in Islam. And we find that the two terms used uh, in the sources of Sharia for marriage is nikah and zawaj. When we look at the words, the word nikah, we find that scholars, such as uh, the scholar Sherbini, Alama Sherbini, in his book, Mughni uh, al-Muhtaj, volume 4, page 200, he says linguistically, meaning according to the Arabic language, the word nikah, it means to join and to bring together. Which is why you will find that the Arabs say, Tanakahatil azjaru, the trees have made nikah. When the branches of the trees have grown close to one another, or they have intertwined. So because they have joined in the Arabic language, this is seen as a nikah. So a nikah is a joining. A nikah is a connection uh, between two, two humans. The same with the word zawaj. The word zawaj means to form a couple, to acquire a mate, to pair one thing uh, with another. Which is why, if you were to look at, at, at your two shoes or your two sandals or the like, then the one shoe is the zawaj. It is the mate uh, of the other, uh, other uh, shoe. And again, there's this idea that two are brought together to function as one. In some way, the two, uh, they are a couple. Uh, and Allah knows best. Uh, so marriage then is the formation of a couple by bringing two people uh, together. We may further define this by saying that marriage is a permanent team-building bond between a male and a female aimed at fulfilling certain needs of team members. Now here there are a number of statements. Number one, the most important currently, is the fact that a bond is being created between a man and a woman. They, 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 they form a couple. They form a team. Now the second word, the formation of a team, what is intended by this term is this, that when you are on your own, you have certain priorities. You have certain prerogatives. You have certain dreams as to your future. When you get married, then you become part of a team. Now those priorities need to be subsumed 
into the concept and the idea uh, of being a team. Now we should be working together to build each other's dreams. Now we should be respecting each other's uh, priorities, not just demanding my own. The I and the you need to become the we. I've also indicated here that it needs to be a permanent team-building bond. So what is intended by this is not that uh, it is our duty to ensure that the marriage is permanent. The nature of the dunya is that things have a beginning and things have an end. We live, we die. Relationships also, they live and they die. But what is intended is that when you enter into marriage and throughout the marriage, you should inshallah have this concept that the marriage should be permanent inshallah as best as you possibly can. This produces a sense of security that tomorrow uh, you are going to be there for me. Tomorrow I'm going to be there for you inshallah. People who really love one another, if they're Muslim for example, then the idea would be that not only will we be married in this dunya, we will be married in the akhirah as well. We will be husband and wife in Jannah as well. This sense of permanence, as, I, as I've said, it creates a sense of security. And so people want to continue with the marriage. Another important point uh, raised in this definition is that the aim behind this team is to fulfill certain needs of team members. I've mentioned this before as marital needs. It is impossible when a man marries a woman and they form this couple that is known as husband and wife. It is impossible for them to meet each and every need of their spouse. This is unrealistic. When you attempt this, it only leads to unnecessary suffering. It only leads to unnecessary uh, argument. There's a certain set of needs that we can succinctly refer to as marital needs. There are a certain set of needs I have the full right to expect of my husband that he fulfills it. There's a certain set of needs I have the full right to, to expect of my wife that she fulfills it. But there are other things that are ideals, inshallah. If my husband is such a type of a man, mashallah, it really adds value to the marriage. If my wife is such a type of a woman, mashallah, it really adds value uh, to the marriage. Uh, one of the first uh, that we've already discussed to a certain degree, inshallah, and we're going to be focusing on it today as well, is the idea that the husband, uh, he provides resources. He provides a nafaqa, what we call uh, spousal maintenance. It is his primary duty. And so it is the primary marital right uh, of his wife. Certainly there are other needs. We'll be looking at that, inshallah. But uh, this is the basic thing, one of the most basic marital needs that he promises to fulfill uh, when he marries a woman. On the side of the lady, we have the reality uh, that uh, her marital responsibility is to avail herself physically uh, to the physical demands uh, of her husband. This then is the, is the marital need uh, that she uh, seeks to fulfill. This is a very uh, basic and, and, and perhaps uh, some would say primitive. I'd rather just stick to the term basic, a very basic way uh, to look at things. Uh, there are meanings in here that need to be unpacked so that we can uh, fully understand it. The only reason I'm mentioning it at, at, at this point is 
that the provision of nafaka by the husband that is a confirmed fulfillment of marital need. The provision of physical intimacy by the wife and with it uh, other forms of intimacy is a confirmed fulfillment uh, of marital need. Now, what if a husband were to say that uh, uh, I'm into soccer or I'm into rugby and I need my wife to attend every game that I play. Or I need my wife that uh, whenever I watch rugby on TV, then I need her to sit next to me. Now, in my understanding of marriage, uh, this would be an ideal thing for him, inshallah. And would certainly add value. But what if his wife is not sport-minded? Or she does not uh, incline to that particular uh, sport itself. So uh, she should be forced to do that with him? In my understanding, no. Uh, there are other more important things. This certainly would add value, but I would not class this as a marital need. This need is better fulfilled uh, by this male in engaging in, in, in male company, uh, asking males perhaps uh, that he likes that, 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 that do the sport with him, for example, to attend uh, or to play with him uh, the sport, inshallah. And uh, that type of interaction uh, should be found outside uh, of marriage. An example uh, on the lady's side is that uh, one of the ways a lady uh, aspires to emotional intimacy is via conversation. We frequently have the complaint on the side of, of our sisters uh, that there is lack of communication in my marriage. Or the communication is not, not of a certain quality uh, that they aspire to. So certainly here yeah, there, there is a minimum it should exist between uh, husband and wife. There should be regular communication be, uh, between husband and wife. But the reality of males is that males in general are not very talkative people. And uh, the type of conversations that, uh, that most ladies like, men are not geared up, they are not trained uh, to engage uh, in those uh, conversations. And so in most, most cases, if you occasionally are able to engage your husband in an extremely uh, 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 love-building uh, uh, conversation, an extremely intimate conversation that runs over, uh, over, over hours, for example, then inshallah, on a certain level, you should find sufficement in this. But to, on a daily basis, want to have long conversations with your husband, uh, where you go deep into things, the reality of life is that the average male is not cut out to do that. So I would not term that uh, with that frequency, uh, with that length, I would not term that a marital need. I would say that it would be better for you if you had a sister or a mother or some other lady that you are very close to, uh, who you trust, uh, whose opinions you value and that you regu regularly engage with these type of conversations uh, with that particular lady. And then only those type of conversations that are particular to your husband, that type of intimacy that is particular to the marriage, you understand, uh, that you would, you would, you would attempt uh, with your husband. So the regular idea of, of engaging another human being in conversation, using them as a springboard for your problems and so forth, the bulk of that, is done outside of the marriage because it isn't a, a marital need, uh, inshallah. And that which is specific to the marriage, 
that we can identify as a marital need uh, and that which your husband can handle inshallah if done in a manner uh, that, 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 that uh, is manageable to him you understand that is the thing uh, that we turn to our husbands for uh, and Allah knows best